When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. I hope your pride... I actually don't care. Um, I am so glad we're recording. This is going to be a really fun one. I, um, <clears throat> I was writing a piece on Uranus and Taurus and the changes in gender, womanhood, technology, sex work. And I went down a really deep Megan the Stallion rabbit hole. And, you know... I I love her so much. I have so much to say about her. And then, you know, it's cancer season. So we're thinking about MIA, Missy Elliott, Lil' Kim. And I just thought it would be fun to do an episode like this. The other reason I think, you know, I have plenty to say about what's going on in the world. And if you want, you can read my nylon columns, which like really get into it. And I'm sure I'll synthesize it for the podcast. But I also think like it would just be fun to do a podcast. a joyful podcast that celebrates uh, the you know the the archetypal divas we love. You know, if you want the deeper cultural analysis, I'm giving it to you in print, uh, and you can read it at davidodyssey.com/articles. Um, so before we get into the astrological rundown of the girls, which by the way, you don't need to know anything about astrology to listen to this. I am keeping it really, really archetypal. Uh, we, we have to cover some business. So <clears throat> first of all, I already quit the cafe job. I, you know, the, my ingrown toenail is, has been infected for weeks. I have hypoglycemia. I can't, I can't go. I, I cannot be on my feet. One, nor can I work that much without fucking starving to death. So, um, yeah, it, you know, obviously, as with all restaurant jobs, I, you know, I've been lightly sexually harassed, the usual. So I just think, um, anyways, the the point is, July books are wide open, baby. Um, and I, I, I've really have been enjoying readings more than ever. I know I always say that, but they just keep kind of blooming and blossoming. So if you'd like to book a reading, go to my website. They are at New Summer Rates more affordable than they've been in a while so hit them up it'll be worth it and especially you know everyone is doing the like it's hard to plan my future when it feels like the world is ending it's like okay well you know you are a piece of a larger whole so you may have a part to play in the future so like let's get you kind of lined up you know what i mean uh it is july there's one more month of jupiter being direct in aries so the age of heroes is not over yet um and I'm not trying to be glib again. Like I've really written like novellas on this. So just go read those. I just don't, you know, um, okay. What, what, what else do we need to cover? I did finish Maggie Nelson's on freedom, which listen, nothing's ever going to compare to the Argonauts, but on freedom was amazing. It's, I love her, her beef. She and Maggie, uh, Andrea Long Chu have this like ongoing feud. And when that book came out, Andrea Long Chu, like, savaged it and there was all this shit talking about how like wow maggie nelson is defending 
Aziz Ansari, and it's like, frankly, posterity is showing Maggie Nelson's in pretty good shape. I also recently watched this incredible long interview with Camille Paglia where she is just like... I don't know. It's interesting. Camille Paglia, we've talked about her as an Aries a lot, but like she's really good. She's really – she's the inverse of Trump, which is Trump makes really big statements, but they have no meaning. She makes very outrageous statements, but they are actually all backed up, and she's using extremes to make you figure out your place in all of it. But anyways, it, it's been an interesting week for that. God, I have nothing – Apparently, I have no remarkable observations today. Um, I did finish, uh, or I didn't finish, uh, the season of Erotic 80s, which is um, the podcast, You Must Remember This, which is the film history podcast. It's great. She just finished her Erotic 80s season, and she did a great episode on Sean Young. Um and Sean Young famously, like, showed up to the Warner Brothers set in a Catwoman costume, uh, trying to get cast for Batman Returns. She's She was basically, like, publicly derided as, like, a crazy psycho. And she, of course, you know, was exposed to Harvey Weinstein, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she's a Scorpio. So you listen to this episode about this woman who was like speaking the truth and then punished for it uh, and then put into like exile and is basically like lives in Arizona. And it's like, oh, hello. The same week I watched the Hedy Lamar documentary, um, which is so... First of all, I didn't know that Hedy Lamar is used... Hedy Lamar, Wonder Woman and Catwoman were designed off of her. So, you know, we always talk about Alyssa Milano being the model for Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Hedy Lamar, it's just, okay. She, one of the great beauties of all time and a genius, she basically invented Wi-Fi in, in the 40s for the war, also was, we've talked about this with Scorpio women, which is like, when they want to change... The society shuts it down. Like, Hedy Lamar was basically like, I'm not just a beautiful actress. I'm actually, like, a genius, and I want to be seen for that. The society shut her down. They said that people, as she got older, would stop her in the street and tell her she wasn't pretty anymore. And she she also became a shut-in. So, you know, this is a dark place to look for, like, the Scorpio woman archetype archetype but there is this thing of like when they speak the truth they're punished for it when they try to change they're punished for it um and they're usually right i mean this is why people hate gemini and scorpio because it's like they're not they're usually not wrong even if it's an awful truth they're speaking, it's probably a truth or has some resonance. Um, all right, I, 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 let's let's clear the air about something. If you listen to this podcast, I think I've made my feelings about Alicia Vikander known. I think she's fine. I think that her winning an Oscar for the Danish Girl and and Jennifer. Jason Lee losing that that same Oscar to her. Jennifer Jason Lee 
from The Hateful Eight is an eternal scandal and the end of the end of this country this country being movies i don't know i watched the first four episodes of Irma Vep i am sorry to say <laughs> I think she's miscast. I, I, I'm trying my best here. I actually thought she was great in The Green Knight. I think she's she's really... She looks like, you know, the girl with the pearl earring. She looks like she, you know... she's. I think she's way better in a mythical place. Her playing, like, a, a chic Hollywood actress who's, like, bisexual... Uh, I'm sorry to say this, but that role is Zoe Kravitz. It doesn't have to be played by Zoe Kravitz, but it needs to be played by someone like Zoe Kravitz. Alicia Vikander lives in Portugal with her husband, Michael Fassbender. Like, she is... She is Europe. Why would you have her play, like, an L.A. girl? The whole thing... Yeah, I just... It's... It, look, it's not the comeback. Okay, I'll say that. And it's not even home for Purim. What's that? What's the Mighty Wind? What's the... What is what is that movie called? For Your Consideration. It's not Scream 3, I'll tell you that. Nothing is Scream 3, though. So I'm sorry, but it's like, if you want that girl, get Zoe Kravitz. And by the way, Zoe Kravitz can't do... Zoe Kravitz couldn't do The Green Knight, okay? So that's fine. Like, it's not her fault. This is just... You know, there's an order to the cosmos. Um, speaking of order to the cosmos, I just want to say something. I talked with Lulu about this last night. We were, Lulu was talking about Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface and about how, like, oh, wow, that's the most beautiful woman in the world. And then Lulu brought up, of course, Sharon Stone in Casino. Yesterday... Dirty Dancing came on. Trust me, I I, I'm, I am going to make a point with this. I, you know, you know how El Woods is like. Um, this is going somewhere. Um, yesterday, Dirty Dancing came on Israeli TV. I've seen Dirty Dancing six thousand times because it's my mother's favorite movie. But I only today realized I've only watched it piecemeal, which is to say, when it's on TV, which it's on TV every day, I'll catch the last twenty minutes. I've never sat down and watched it. All the way through, I don't think. Or if I did, I was like nine. Was breathless, did not breathe at all through the film, was absolutely riveted. It is a perfect movie, holds up. It's every aspect is perfectly in balance. And this is the other thing I want to say. You know, I always talk about ghosts on this podcast. Patrick Swayze, they don't make them like that anymore. Like, I'm sorry to Sean Mendez, but some people were born to be sexual. Okay. Patrick Swayze, who is a Leo, Leo is the sign of kingship, royalty, and dignity. You know, what if there were an elevated selfhood that could inspire all of the human race to reach their highest? Patrick Swayze, Paul Newman, Aquarius, Michelle Pfeiffer, Taurus, Sharon Stone, Pisces. This has nothing to do with signs, but we think about these four people. There is a hierarchy, okay? Some are born to achieve eternal glory. The rest of us are not. And when you watch Patrick Swayze in that movie, it's like, you can't mass produce that. Like, you can't make, you can't make a Patrick Swayze in a Disney lab. 
You can't make Sharon Stone. She's a phenomenon. (sighs) Yeah, I, I wrote this in my notebook yesterday. Eternal glory, embodiment of kingship, nobility. That's all, that's all there is. Okay. Um, I, (laughs) I have, my insomnia has been worse than ever. So I've been up at at very strange hours watching all sorts of things. Um, Temple Grandin, which is a great movie and a fucking great performance from Claire Danes. This is the thing with Claire Danes. Post Romeo and Juliet. She's not equipped to play. Uh, let's just say I love The Family Stone. It's one of our most bizarre films ever made. I love it. The idea that she's like the normal sister and Sarah Jessica is the like harpy is. It doesn't quite land, let's just say. Um, but if you watch Temple Grandin and obviously Homeland, if you give her a sense of isolation, I mean, by the way, her husband, Hugh Dancy, literally on Hannibal, his character has an empathy disorder. You know, that's her world, which is like, she grew up, she didn't grow up in the, she's not a Gabby Hoffman, she didn't grow up in the Chelsea Hotel, but she did basically grow up in a Soho loft. So like, she should be strange and isolated and different and temple grandin is a great movie she's really good in it i don't know i just think she nails it in a way that again speaking of uh what's the movie i hate now we're not even talking about the danish girl we're talking about the theory of everything you know i don't know that eddie redmayne can can hit the same heights i also watched this was horrifying two days ago i was up at 5 a.m and i watched euro trip or i watched enough of euro trip Eurotrip, no one ever needs to watch that film. It is a classic from my high school years. Okay. I, I want to say a few things. Michelle Trachtenberg, and, you know, always listen to the very first episode I did with Ruby. Michelle Trachtenberg is a national treasure. Okay? Um, Michelle Trachtenberg is, is not to be taken for granted, and she is an excellent... She's an excellent player. Uh, She does great in that film. And then we have to talk about one of the world's um, most underrated character actresses, Miss Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless plays um, (laughs) the madam of an Amsterdam sex dungeon (laughs) called Club Vandersex. (laughs) I, you know... No one who listens to this podcast has ever watched Battlestar Galactica, but there's an episode where she's in a bathrobe on a spaceship and basically says, you know, I'm the only me in the universe and none of you can touch me. Um, she's an Aries. Obviously, Xena is is the ultimate Aries warrior woman archetype. Um, she is all, also, I got to tell you, she does a great great performance on Spartacus Blood and Sand. She has an incredible affair with Crixus, the hot... I mean, Crixus is the hottest one, obviously. Um, and that, listen, Andy Whitfield on Spartacus is like, you know, every every human being's dream man. Crixus is, if you are the domina of, of this house in ancient Padua, like... Yeah, you're going to have Crixus come visit you in your bedchambers. Anyways, then she does a full Medea arc in the third season. That's a great show, by the way. Um, They really went for it with that show. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, 
what oh yeah i i'm gonna get in a lot of trouble for this i know i'm gonna get in trouble for this what did i rewatch a week ago the curious case of benjamin button i know i should be taken to the public square and hanged um i cried i i wept by the way i've seen that movie three times sob 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 um I've, I've been on a Brad Pitt journey since I've been in Israel. Just like, let me do it. Um, and, you know, classically for Purim in 2013, I went to my synagogue's party as Benjamin Button. I started the night in a walker. Then I changed and wore like a polo shirt and I had a fake mustache. Then the third look, I was in like a Germanic like child with a giant lollipop. And people were starting to be like, okay, what's going on? Why do you keep changing costumes? And then I ended the night in a diaper. Iconic. There's my, Rabbi Browse is still talking about that. I don't know if that's a good thing, but she's still talking about it. Okay. Um, this is, you know, that a favorite hobby of mine is observing Taurus Sagittarius connections. So we have the Uma Thurman, Lucy Liu, and Kill Bill. We have the Zoe Kravitz, Channing Tatum, and then the Zoe Kravitz, Robert Pattinson, Brad Pitt, and Kate Blanchett. Brad is a double Sag, Kate is a double Taurus. So there is just something about, especially in an epic romance, about about in some ways he's he's ever changing, Sag, and she's immovable, Taurus. You know, it it works really well where you see we can't be together forever, but for this twilight moment we're together, it's perfect. And she says that to him, like, we're meeting in the middle. You know, you're at, we're almost at the same age right now. Look, it's a beautiful movie. It is written by the, the screenwriter of Forrest Gump. There is an hour of that movie that is just insipid where he's like meeting interesting people around the world, including like there's the Tilda Swinton or as my mother calls her Tilda Swanson plot line. Okay. Um, and, and you know, let's talk about the legacy of this movie the 2009 oscars this is the year that set up trump as president um, and set up the tea party by the way the dark knight was not nominated for best picture the nominees for best picture were slumdog millionaire and the curious case of benjamin button and the curious case of benjamin button had about like 13 nominations like gone with the wind level you know, this triggered the beginning of the end, and here we are at the end, so uh, it was nice knowing you. Regardless, I still think Brad Pitt is, like, the greatest movie star maybe ever, and I just think Kate Blanchett, like, you are looking at her in that movie, and it's like, you were born a woman. <laughs> like, Kate Blanchett was never a girl. She is a woman. Like, she is just un-fucking that voice okay i rewatched all the lord of the rings movies heaven have really beyond um and galadriel was really a coup of casting like they were brilliant in casting her because she was known from elizabeth but she wasn't like a global commodity and that role is perfect for her i had a huge reclamation with this viewing with eowyn by the way because in the extended edition, we know that Eowyn gets with Faramir, but in the in the theatrical version, Eowyn doesn't get with Fa Faramir. And you you watch these three movies, you say, "Okay, God, 
this poor woman, she's in love with Aragorn, who's sworn to Liv Tyler, who, as my stepmother always taught me, Liv Tyler in those movies did not wear makeup. Her skin looks like that naturally. One. Two, then in the third movie, Aragorn becomes king, gets with Arwen, and her father figure, um, Theoden, dies. But on the rewatch of the theatrical versions, because Extended isn't available in this country, I got a different understanding, which is like, it's not that Eowyn loves Aragorn, it's that Eowyn wants to be Aragorn. Eowyn wants to be a horse lord. And when she's given the kingdom before Theoden rides to war in the third one, she's like, I, okay, great, I'll be like the matriarch, but I want eternal glory. When she kills uh, the Witch King of Ragnar, people are signing off the podcast. I I can feel no one is – I'm speaking to no one right now. When she kills – you know, the scene where he says, no man can kill me, and she says, I am no man, and she kills him, iconic. Theoden is dead, you know, and she's like, I can save you, and he says, you already have. She then becomes Theoden, which is to say she's not some, like, matriarch in the hill country. She is the king now. So it's not that she wants, you know, and this is so boring and Freudian, but it's like, it's not that she wants to have sex with the king. She wants to be the king and she becomes the king. Miranda Otto, what can I say? The woman's perfect. Okay. Sabrina, messy show, excellent performances and Zelda. Okay. Um, what else do we need to cover? Um, oh my God. I watched season two of Couples Therapy. You know that I never watch reality TV. Rocked my world. Orna, sex symbol, one. Two, the Hasidic, they're not Hasidic, the Orthodox couple. How many hours do you have? Because, first of all, the gay couple. They were like, what if we found the, <laughs> what if we found the most indefensible proof of uh, Obama era you know, born this way, gay humanity. One, the Orthodox couple, I was mesmerized. Michal is amazing. She is the proto-Gorgon of all cliches of the castrating Jewish woman who crushes her husband's balls in a vice grip and more. She is, she's in, uh, she, I think she's incandescent because she can take as good as she gives. And when Orna put, throws it back on her, she does listen and she laughs. It, 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 she is everything that Jewish women are, which is not just that cliche, but also the sense of joy and like the humor. And also I, I, I thought the show did such an interesting job, like asking like, okay, we get that she's this kind of... <laughs> she's this kind of nightmare but also like what is your deal that you married her like this is the i mean lulu and i are writing a book about this about like jewish men who want to be castrated but it's like what's your deal and i love how orna's like why are you like this to, to michael it was great um i read cassandra at the wedding Fuck. I mean, I understand why it's John Early's favorite book. It's um, it's so... Whew. First of all, the writing 
you know, I saw the August Osage County movie and I <laughs> did not care for it. This is that, but about it's just so it, you know when you it's 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 Dorothy Baker, but it's the same as reading Patricia Highsmith, where you're like, okay, this woman is not going to waste a syllable. Um, and it it what it does it's it's a story about two twin sisters and this kind of fucked up relationship they have. And it comes to this point where you say there's one sister who's fucked up, but kind of spe- like special, like she's an artist. And then there's the other twin who's perfect, but she's boring. I don't know. I found that really, really beautiful. Anyways, I highly recommend it. You can read it in a weekend. Um, Leah Michelle will be returning to Broadway. I don't know if I talked to you on this podcast. <laughs> You're in for it. Um, Lulu and I went to see Funny Girl with Beanie Feldstein opening week, second row, before the reviews came out. This was previews. It was a an unimpeachable catastrophe. She was sexless. Uh, she was, you know, in fifth grade... At the fifth grade talent show, Samantha Hoffer did Waiting for... She did a dance routine note Waiting for Tonight. It was about that level of sexual charisma, okay? The production was cheap. So I went to that thinking, okay, I'm about to see a Zigfield Girls reproduction in 2022. I'm going to be seeing some fucking gowns. There were like two backup dancers wearing these just pathetic sequin jumpsuits. I mean, it was just not Funny Girl. Um, Leah Michelle will be taking the role in September. The coup is on. Um, we are in the Leah Michelle comeback period. Brace yourselves. Um, I think she's a Leo, but yeah, like really brace yourselves because she will come for blood. Um, had my Akashic reading, went great. I need to be dancing more. Cannot wait for my ingrown toe to heal. And I will be out there on the dance floor. Um, I need it. I'm ready. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, so let's get to business and let's talk about the girls. So first of all, I just want to say, like, broadly speaking, you know, when I'm talking about someone as, you know, when we talk about, say, Debrat uh, as an Aries, I don't know Debrat personally. I don't know her chart. And, you know, I'm not proposing to ascribe anything to all people who are Aries. So if you're listening to this and I'm describing to Brad and you're saying, well, I'm not like that. I don't know you either. What we're doing is using archetypes. And these women who are larger than life are archetypes. The signs that they work in are archetypes. And we're just talking about that as a way of maybe gleaning some understanding about their their role in furthering, you know, the uh, evolution of human consciousness. How about that? Okay, does that sound okay? Great. 
That said, I, I'm I'm going to do this rundown of women in rap. So this is not women in hip hop. So if you want to listen to uh, an astrology, you know, rundown of Aliyah, there's an episode on that. Beyonce, you can go to the De- the Destiny's Child episode. Lauren Hill and Erica Badu will not be covered. They're not even hip hop. They're like, um, they're neo soul, I think. So this is rappers, and I'm not going to cover everyone. You know, we will briefly mention Trina. I'm not going to do an hour on Trina. Okay, is that okay? Great. So we're going to do semi-chronological. We're starting with Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Like Erica. Okay, so we are talking about Erica Badu. Queen Latifah and Erica Badu are both Pisces. So just off the bat, I think Queen Latifah's gotten... Queen Latifah's underrated because she's a lot of things. She's, like, kind of everywhere at once, and then she'll vanish, and, like, she's really a working woman. Like, she's always acting, and there is that sense, I think, of her public identity being a little diffuse, which isn't a bad thing. I just think it's very Piscean, which is, like, yeah, she has a two-octave range, or whatever, maybe more octaves. She can, like, do anything so she'll do everything and there might not be a necessary linearity of like a brand or an identity which is very pisces pisces we're talking about just this open ocean of talent and consciousness but what queen latifah did and does in the same way that erica badu did and does especially in that area uh, era she really was uh, queen latifah cultivated a lot of different sounds and aesthetics and styles and uh, language and synthesized it and kind of delivered it. So when we're thinking about that Piscean consciousness, you know, that, that, um, that ocean of awareness and all of these different influences and inspirations and kind of um, modalities being brought out and presented – that's really what she and Erica Badu have done in this beautiful way. You know, a Virgo really, Virgo's Pisces opposite, Virgo really like um, linearizes that, which is why, you know, Beyonce is a Virgo. So you get things, you get a lot more like of a direct, clear message, right? I, so I, anyways, I think Queen Latifah is this kind of founding mother. There's this essential sense of like, she just opened the floodgates in a really big way, first of all. And secondly, I do think that what's really special with her, with Pisces, we do think about the two fish. There's one fish that swims with the current and one fish that swims upstream, you know, the Jesus and the Judas. When you watch that Unity video, which is kind of like a, it's such an interesting video. It's like, it's about domestic abuse, sexual violence and harassment, and also about like, butch motorcycle dyke reclamation and you see both sides of her you know you see you see her in the leather fucking which is an iconic look you see her with the biker gang that is the 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 fish that swims upstream that's the kind of like getting revenge you know um hitting it pounding it attacking it and then you also see her being spousally abused in the video which is kind of the other side of pisces which is the martyrdom the pain the 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 suffering so 
I just think she embodies that really well. And, and you know, Pisces is the final sign, but, you know, from death comes the new beginning, uh, womb to tomb, all of that. So there is just this sense sh- she was really opening the floodgates for others to kind of jump in and take the lead, which is then where we do have Debrat. Um, Debrat is the first solo artist, the first solo woman rapper to go platinum. So that's very Aries of just... I have a mission, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be the one. Of course, you know, who did Debrat really follow in terms of platinum sales? Salt and Peppa. Um, you know that I am a big, big fan of the girls. I think, for me, I'm either always listening to Salt and Pepper or Pepper, Peppa, or to... Um, to whom? Um, the Pointer Sisters. W- one day when I write my, my thesis on the Pointer Sisters, none of you will read it. Okay. Um, Salt and Peppa, we have an Aries. So Salt's an Aries, Peppa's a Scorpio, and DJ Spinderella's a Leo. So None of Your Business is kind of a perfect Aries-Scorpio song, which is to say Aries is usually the face of something, and... Aries often gets the backlash. So we think about, um, you know, Mariah Carey's an Aries, Sarah Jessica Parker's an Aries. They don't experience backlash the way Taurus women do, but there is this aspect of like, what I am is dangerous and, and you're gonna, I'm gonna be the face of this thing you find offensive. And then of course, Scorpio, which is like, you're entranced by my sexuality and you're gonna judge me for it too. Um, so none of your business is just like a perfect Aries Scorpio. Aries Scorpio are also both ruled by Mars and Pluto. So Scorpio, uh, Pluto is the planet of the underworld. Mars is the kind of god of war above ground. You know, there's this aspect of fire drive sexuality that is really nicely synthesized. And of course, Spinderella's a Leo, so just kind of throws more fire in the mix. But Salt and Peppa is just this kind of perfect moment. Like, they really take the Mars-Pluto thing of, like, what rap is about, which is aggression and, like, uh, assertion, which is the Mars, the Aries. And then the Scorpio, which is the Pluto, is the sexuality, and the kind of discovery, you know, the lyrics are so complex that you kind of get a new layer each time. So that, to me, their combination of the the, the Mars and the Aries Scorpio gives us this kind of, it, it's just a perfect sexual cataclysm. Um, okay. Let's talk, oh, well, we should talk about Left Eye. So I love the TLC girls. I... You know that I think Emily Olcott, while I was driving Emily and Olcott to film their music video, Hot Ghost, which I starred in and you should watch because it's amazing. I was driving the the uh, U-Haul with all the set stuff. I did crash that car, by the way. I didn't crash it, but someone ran into us. It was not our fault, by the way. Um, anyways, I was driving. I, I dinged a few other cars. It, listen, it's hard to drive in New York, okay? Anyways, um... Red Light Special came on, and Emily said that Charlie Puth said that his favorite album is Crazy Sexy Cool. I listened to that album since then. I listened to it like three times a week. It's, it is flawless. Um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> you know, when they say, 
what they say about Gemini's, she's she is she's perfect. You know, you have the the issues with impulse control, we can say. You have the outrageous beefs, often with the other girls of TLC that are just like, girl, <laughs> like, get a mediator. You know what I like call call an call a priest. Okay. You also see uh, an unbelievable, and this is we see this with Azalea Banks, who's I would say the the second coming of this, and we'll talk about Azalea next. Lisa Left Eye Lopez as a rapper, those lyrics and the delivery of them. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Gemini is the voice. Gemini is the communicator. Uh, and, and not communicator in like um, a, a boring way. Communicator in like they are speaking the direct. They are. This is coming from the fount. You know what I mean? Um, Left Eye's lyrics are just untouchable. Um and, and Left Eye and Azalea both have that thing, which is like the danger, the sexuality, the kind of madness that they're describing in their lyrics is not a persona. It's so direct that they're not even in control of it. Like Azalea is Azalea who has no competition, frankly, like Azalea's lyrics, there's just. Azalea's lyrics are they trap they're beyond but Azalea doesn't have distance from them this is the thing with Gemini Gemini is delivering a message you know Johnny Depp's a Gemini Donald Trump Kanye blah 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 they are delivering a message they have no perspective of it they're completely blind to what they're delivering so you know a complaint about late era Britney Spears is like why are you singing songs about you being in the club when like you haven't been in a club in 10 years Azalea and Left Eye are the real deal in their lyrics, but it comes with a price. That's, you know, that's Gemini power, baby. Okay. Uh, from Gemini... Oh, Cupcake is also a Gemini. You know, Cupcake also... You know, pl- pl- listen to the song Duck, Duck, Goose for reference. This is a Gemini we're, we're working with. So you may be noticing at this point that we have no earth signs. Um, so we're, we're dealing, we're about to get into the water sign cluster, but we've been dealing with air, fire and water. Um, earth sign, which would be Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo is not super interested in rap. At least the women, I don't, men aren't archetypes. Men don't matter. Do you remember what I, I need to stop talking about this, but do you remember when I was on that, like. I was on one podcast where they asked me about Adam Levine and I was like, I don't understand the question. Like, I don't know what his sign is because he doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. He matters as a human being, but like, d- all right, you get me. Okay. Um, rap really is an air fire. Rap corresponds, I think, with fire, which is, again, that kind of drive. I'm the one, this kind of assertion of self. That's very fire. Aries, Leo, Sag. We'll get into the Sag. Trust me. Um, air. We're we're talking about. We'll we'll deal with the gem, the Libra cr- cluster soon. But we just talked about the Gemini girls. You know, air is this transmission of ideas and words and verbalization. Water, which we're about to get into, is very much about the tribe. 
you know, it's about representing where you come from. Earth is not quite that. Earth is really uh, is more about control and embodiment. So when we're talking about Earth, we're going to look at Beyonce and Aaliyah. You know what I mean? And and Aaliyah, who's a Capricorn, Beyonce, who's a Virgo, are more about control, and that's what we like about them. Like, Aaliyah doesn't need to rap. Missy will rap. Aaliyah is about this more subtle, you know, FK Twigs is a Capricorn. It's it's a different ball game. Okay, um, so let's get into the Cancer Girls, and then we'll we'll hit a Scorpio. Lil Kim, Missy Elliott. I would recommend it is cancer season. Please read my nylon piece on cancer. Um, I wrote it last year. It's it really puts a lot of focus on, uh, on you know Ariana, Kim, Missy, Mia, Roisin Murphy, Marianne Williamson, Phoebe Waller Bridge. But Kim, Kim is an interesting side of cancer, which is Kim and Missy do a similar thing, which is. Cancer is the sign of the home and the tribe. And they're basically saying, you know, Kim has the line in Lighters Up, which is, let me give you the walkthrough, show you what you do and you don't do. And Lighters Up is this video about her walking around Brooklyn, walking around Bed-Stuy. It's, a, it, it's an incredible song. And the song is about this sort of like global, this global sense of a neighborhood, you know, this neighborhood that occurs in all sorts of cities where you know the the language and the words. And and Kim and Missy, I think, on a stylistic level, you know, if you watch their music videos, they take a lot of the aesthetic of their world, their language, their upbringing, and transmute it into these very big fashion concepts. You know, the Missy videos are so... I, she's pretty much aesthetically untouchable and she's doing these things that are so authentic. Um, it's not like she's being put in a costume. You know what I mean? They're these kind of elevations of her own style. And that's really cancer. Cancer is about, this is my tribe. This is where I come from. I'm going to show it to you. You're invited. And also, by the way, you know, where are they from, which is a great video in which I guess Pharrell isn't available, so they have <laughs> they have a hand puppet do his segment, which is incredible. Anyways, um, where they from is is her response to the Miley Cyrus VMAs controversy, um, where she's talking about like, you know, where I come from, this is what this thing means, and I don't think you understand it. That's very cancer. Um, so, and the thing I would also say, I think with with Kimberly. Kim is really about when we think about her plastic surgery journey, the shell is it is there. You know, she really Lil Kim is a, is very small physically and she really was out there. Like she really was hanging with these huge men. And by the way, in my cafe I was playing her the other day because the men in my cafe are always playing fucking like hardcore gangster rap and I, I was playing her and they were like oh so do you like Britney Spears too and I was like yeah but why is what is the ascription being made like why is it that because I'm playing a woman she's immediately brought back to being like a joke 
not a joke, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, Lil' Kim had the Cancerian bravery of saying, I will never be accepted. I am going to assert myself so hard that they're just going to have to take me, which is very Cancer. Um, cancer, you know, it's speculated was the sign of Alexander the Great. You know, I think he's also a Leo, but we'll we leave that for historians. There is that, that, that absolute, um, unbelievable ambition. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, and cancer really, cancer's card and tarot is the chariot. Cancer's saying like, I'm going for it. Okay. Um, while we're talking about Kim, I would just say, <laughs> um, how many licks? One of the greatest songs ever made. The how many licks video. Trust me when I say they don't make them like that anymore. Okay, that video. There are some of her dance moves in that video are. Okay, just check it out. Her Night Rider look in that video incredible. Um, the video makes no sense. Okay. Um, and then the third cancer we should talk about, of course, is MIA. So, you know, we think about the crab that carries its home with it. MIA literally is like, goes from, from culture to culture and takes a little bit with her and carries it on her back. You know, she carries her, her own family and cultural history. And I really, I have to say one of my favorite episodes we ever did on this podcast is the MIA episode with, uh, Fariha Khan. Please check it out. But you know, MIA, she has the song World Town. Her music is about the, and I've talked about this a lot, but like there was this, there's this piece in the New Yorker about her where they're like, you know, the word, the term world music is so lame because it just makes you think of like really boring, kind of music for everybody that's like very educational her music is actually world music and that she goes around the world and like throw pieces it all together and she's very alexander the great you know alexander the great every nation he conquered he really did honor its 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 traditions and its beliefs and he really did want want to integrate everything so she is this cancer where she's saying like in the fall, and you know, of course, she blew up in the 2007 2008 period when we're heading towards the financial crisis because she is really saying, like, you know, in the fall of capitalism, we are all going to just be migrants on boats, um, like wanting to wear Adidas shoes. So she has a real Cancerian vision. Um, and also, she's never made bad music. So, you know, what are you going to do with that? I, I would recommend. You know, the Borders video, that's pretty much the cancer statement. Okay. Trina is a Sag. Um, you know, I think Trina... Trina's an introduction to Nicki Minaj, who's another Sag. Miley Cyrus, who we just spoke about earlier, also a Sag. Um, you know, Sag wants to provocate. Sag needs to fire an arrow at something and it needs to blast a door down. So when you give them something like say sexual propriety, we're in business, baby. You know, Trina 
doesn't give a fuck. God, that RuPaul's Drag Race season six episode where <laughs> Eve and Trina are the judges. And when Trinity K. Bonet does um, What a Man and they, they cut they cut to Eve nodding her head in like, you did good. Okay. Nikki really is a Sag in that she was, she's a pioneer. And Nikki really fucking blasted that door all the way back down and she took it to a whole new level. Nikki as a Sag... And this is a very fire sign. Nikki needs a nemesis. Nikki needs a cause that she's going to, you know, burn down. And Nikki needs to be escalating. These are all, Sag is always moving, you know, which is good. It just can be hard in terms of when you're not breaking a record, when you're not toppling your enemies, when you're not, you know, conquering new land, what are you? How do you define yourself? And that's when Sag runs into some trouble. So Nikki is really – when Nikki's on her own uh, and it's her against the world, she is untouchable. I think it's harder for her to reconcile with a world in which she is – the world she created, which is all of these women rappers who have come because of her. I think it might be hard for Sag to – and by the way, you know, this is what um, – um, Dexter said in the Britney Spears episode, like, when you've made Toxic, there's nowhere to go from there. Like, Sag goes all the way to the stratosphere, and eventually it's like, you're just going to fly too close to the sun, eventually. I think Nikki's immortal. I just think, like, she needs... She's often wanting there to be a conflict when there isn't, and she needs that. That makes sense for Sag. Um, Jane Fonda's the same. Like, she needs... She was married to fucking Ted Turner. You know, I watched that documentary for the 40th time. She's married to Ted Turner, who... My favorite part of the documentary, she's like... And he really was quite sexy. Like, she's like, yeah, he was hot, by the way. Like, it's not just that I married a billionaire. Like, he was fucking stacked. And then when she talks about going to the Oscars before she got Monster in Law, and she was like, and I looked really good. Anyways, Jane Fonda is married to Ted Turner. She's living on the ranch, and she's like, I want to go, like, be a feminist. Like, I can't do this. Like, I need to go attack a cause. So that's... That's uh, Nikki. And that, that really brings us to... Oh, wait. what? Sorry. I would never disrespect Eve. Eve is huge and I would never disrespect her. Eve is a Scorpio. Eve was a really big Scorpio. Her presence is most strongly felt during the Bush years, though she's still active and turning it. Um... You know, Eve as a Scorpio is bringing a lot of what Kim and Missy were doing in the late 90s. Eve is saying, you know, how is this threatening or dangerous in this new era, in this era of feminist backlash? She's uh, she's taking a lot of what Queen Latifah did and she is she's kind of inviting uh, a confrontation. You know, she's there's just something about her that is reflective of the moment, but also um, reflecting its... uh, To me, Eve has kind of a subtle provocation to her. I just think she's so chic. I think she's so elegant. And I also think her gender uh, as a Scorpio was quite 
challenging at the time. I think it was quite exciting and different at the time because she wasn't as butch as Missy, but she was still saying like, when you put me and Gwen Stefani together, I'm going to give you a sexuality that is really fucking hot, but you're not going to quite know what to do with it. And you're going to have to reckon with that. I love the woman. Okay. Let's get into the air signs. So let's start with Cardi. Cardi B is a Libra. So, you know, I've, I wrote about Cardi B and Doja a lot in the, in my Libra article, please check it out. You know, you can learn a lot about Gwen Stefani and Gwyneth there too. But, um, you know, Cardi B was a, a stripper who then made her way up and Libra is always on the ascent. Libra is always pursuing objective perfection. That objective perfection can be justice or it can be uh, beautiful surroundings. In her case, it's both. You know, she's obviously, we love what she's done with Bernie, all of that. You know, she's her, uh, her take on the government shutdown a few years ago is legendary. And she really is quite tapped into like, this shit is fucked up. You know, she is kind of a perfect Libra, which is like, She's very much about consumerism and money and beauty, but she actually does think that everyone should should have it. Like, when you watch the money video and you compare it to Ape Shit by Beyonce, which, by the way, Beyonce is making a very different political statement and it's also extremely powerful, but the money video works because it is about um, hyper-consumerism and opulence but it is done through a lens of like popular trashy gaudiness and that is cardi b saying you know beyonce the virgo is above you which is fine that's what virgo should be i'm not i am i am you know who's a libra rising and nicole smith britney spears adolf hitler the rock you know there's this thing of i am like you i just am more ambitious than you or I am like you but um, I I want to go further but but she really does understand kind of the she's done an incredible job and this is what Libra is the courtesan you know Libra is saying like sex marriage doesn't matter it, it it's all for a price and she really introduced this conversation about sex and capital in a really big way um, and then we go to Doja. So, so Doja is a Libra. Doja, I think, uh, you know, Planet Her is huge. And the videos in Planet Her are really special. They're, they're sci-fi. There's, there's the astrology-themed video for uh, You Right, where The weekend, who's an Aquarius, is I mean, he he's pouring the waters. She's a Libra. It, the whole thing, it's a beautiful video. But also, um, need to know, which is like set, it's this like fifth element future where she and Grimes go to a party and she's blue. Beautiful video. Doja, I think, has a really special relationship with femininity, beauty, uh, and womanhood. Where she's taking those Libran themes of the Venus, you know, the beautiful, the beautiful femme, 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 and she is imbuing them with a lot of 
the the masculine aggression of rap and the kind of like self-affirmation but it is all back into this lens of like there's something deeply um receptive about it and there's something deeply like it's very much it's not as consumerist i would say as cardi it's more about the attainment of beauty which you know that's where we're in the, the gwyneth paltrow territory um and then following the air sign thing, we come to Megan. So in my Uranus piece, I wrote a lot about Megan um, because I was talking about Uranus and Taurus and about this kind of explosion of OnlyFans culture, Twitter, bottom culture, you know, sex workers' rights, and also just this really liberating, not liberating, but this just real equation of sex with capital. And... I watched the thought shit video. I've watched it so many times. That video, first of all, Megan's an Aquarius. Aquarius is the revolutionary. Aquarius is the visionary. By the way, Megan, you know that Megan got a degree, her degree, her bachelor's recently, and she said she wants to open an assisted, an assisted care facility. That's her dream. Um, okay, we're, we're really, you know, in it. The thought shit video, we see some sort of a, an old white congressman um, who hates black women. And Megan, he gets online. He leaves nasty comments on her videos. Megan and a crew of women with their asses out dressed in like traditional male jobs, like garbage men. They also do diner waitresses, but like garbage men, cops, like these very like village people jobs, asses out. They run him over and then terrorize him. Um, the waitress, see, you know, the, the diner waitress, don't even get me started. Um, and then they castrate him all while twerking. Um, and then they sew a vagina onto his face. So it's an incredible revolutionary video, but... Megan is taking what Cardi has done and is Cardi is saying, I'm going to pursue this and kind of embody this and demonstrate it. Megan is saying like, okay, yes, sex and capital are one. We should all be getting ours. Um, This is what I'm worth. She's also wanting to go even further. Megan is really about like, what is the future um, and she's kind of proclaiming this future where pleasure, money, beauty, all of it are just wrapped up in one. You know, she has a little bit more of that Aquarian distance. Um, I love I she's I, I love her, and she was a great judge on. I mean, she wasn't a great judge, but on the HBO, whatever. You know, that show was kind of weird. The the ballroom show. She wasn't that great of a judge because she's an Aquarius and she's too big picture for it. But, you know, when you watch her videos, you listen to her lyrics, you're getting the sense that as the Aquarius of this group, she's trying to take all of these ideas and look into the future. And when she's showing these different kinds of sexually embodied women in these formerly like workaday male Costume, she's suggesting like a new world order, you know? Um, so needless to say, I think it's a very exciting time for the girlies. Um, 
and you know, I just think there's another way of viewing them kind of archetypally. And I, 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 by the way, there's so much I don't know about them. And I'm really curious what you're thinking and what came up for you when you listen to this. So let me know. Um, and I hope you enjoyed. You know where to find me. The books for July are open. So book a reading. Uh, everything is at davidodyssey.com. All my articles, podcasts, and where you can book readings. And um, thank you for joining me. Mwah.